what's up? This is JM, host of the Celebrity Grill podcast on iTunes, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling, all the time. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. To the really big barbecue central show. It is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you. If you want to jump in on the show tonight via phone call, via email, There are two specific ways that you need to do that. So let me hook you up with that. Midlife of the show. I mean, wait a second. Am I? What date are we on? The fifth, right? Okay. Uh, totally uh, unsolicited here. Where is? Uh, where is it? Looking on my soundboard, I don't see it at all. Where is it? All right. Well, we'll do it this way. <laughs> oh no. I don't have the breaking news sounder. Oh, now that is a shame. I didn't fix that? I didn't fix it. Last week, there was a huge changeover of uh, taking stuff out of the C drive and going to the G drive because the C drive was jammed full of crap, except all of my sounders were on the C drive. So where they sit in the SAM broadcaster, once you move them, They'll still show up in Sam, but they won't play because, well, they're not in that file path location anymore. So I had to methodically and meticulously go through each individual file and find out which ones I didn't move over properly and reinsert them. And obviously the breaking news one didn't get put over right. I'm sorry about that. If I'm not mistaken, we are now in officially... As of yesterday, 
the 11th year of the live show. No kidding. The 11th year of the live show. LA, well, it was BBS Talk Radio started out 2004, uh, 2008, February 4th, if I am saying that correctly. That started on a Monday. This first show was actually on a Thursday for a couple weeks. Then I got backed up to a Tuesday for some scheduling stuff. And it was all done on this station called BBS, like Bravo, Bravo Sierra, BBS Talk Radio, which now is known as LA Talk Radio and still continues to flourish, except I outgrew the 50-minute time slot. I needed more time. So I started my own, not station per se, but I got my own online streaming and Eventually, more so we simulcasted through LA Talk Radio for a number of years, and then the guy that was running the station said, "Hey, I can sell the spot. Do you mind?" I said, "No." That's Sam Hassan. I got to work to get him on the show next week so we can take a, a look back at eleven years. I mean, he continues, as I had said, to flourish on LA Talk Radio side. This show continues to gain popularity, notoriety, and fans of all different age, shapes, and sizes. So happy birthday to the Barbecue Central show in its 11th year of live streaming. I totally forgot about that. Anyway, if you are a fan of the show, this guy has been around, especially in the midlife of this show. You might know him as the guy that runs com. You might be one of the many hundreds of thousands of subscribers on his YouTube page. I think at last count on Instagram, is it 75,000 followers on Instagram? So one of the bigger live fire accounts, to be certain. And newly minted, newly minted, first Tuesday of the month guest, Malcolm Reed from Killer Hogs and How to Barbecue Right. Wow, am I excited to usher in a monthly visit for Malcolm. Uh, This guy is extraordinary on a number of fronts. Obviously, he's doing it for the backyard folks on the video side, but he is an extremely accomplished barbecue competitor. So we'll be able to talk all sorts of different things. We'll be able to get tips and tricks on competition because he is continuing to do that. We can talk about social media and how to grow your accounts and where to promote and how to spend money and how to make money because he's doing that with his YouTube and other things. We can also just talk about regular backyard recipes. I mean, Malcolm can cover it all, so I'm very excited that he's going to be back on once a month now, first Tuesday of the month. Then we will back that up with normal or continuing on to be a first Tuesday of the month guest, dropping back to the 935 and gracious that he did that. None other than Barbecue Hall of Famer himself, Ray Lampy for the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. I mean, is that one of the most prolific first hours that you are ever going to see on any podcast, let alone, I mean, is anybody else doing a live barbecue show like me? All you other ponies are running around the fields doing your podcasts, but you're not doing it live. We'll do it live. We do it live. Do it live. We are recording. I'll write it and we'll do it live. But we also record, but we do it live first, and then we are also recording. So that is a tremendous first hour, obviously, with Ray. we got to get a restaurant update, but we have a number of Facebook questions that we're going to be running through. He's going to be judging 
the KCBS World Championship, whatever thing they have going on in Little Rock, Arkansas, this coming weekend. So lots to get to with Ray. I could end the show there, and it would be a great show. Undoubtedly. Unmatched. Unmatched in recent memory. But for shits and giggles, we'll go ahead and push to the second hour. 14 past. On this show, we have had a long-running discussion here over the last, it's got to be almost year, on the popularity or rise of popularity in dry aging. So much so, people are bringing into their own homes. They're buying separate units to dry-age beef. They're buying the subprimal cuts. They're having discussions with their butchers about, will you dry-age beef for me and your particular coolers because they have the technology and the equipment to do it properly and safely. But this guy is about ready to take a counter position, saying there is absolutely no need to put stank on meat and putting stank on meat and tenderness through this process is a myth. Now, he's not just some hullabaloo running around. Hubba-doo, wubba-doo, wubba-doo. No, no, no. He's an expert in the beef industry. And hailing here from Cleveland, have you ever heard of a small little beef purveyor called Mr. Brisket? Hank Cornblut will be joining me, first-timer to the show. Clevelander. We've never met in person. I mean, that's like the worst thing ever. I'm the worst liver of life. I'm around so much stuff. I experience zero. My palate is tame. Tune out. I mean, I'm a joke. I'm a joke. So Hank will be coming in at 14 past. And then, if that's not enough, 35 past the second hour, it is the meat maven herself, Vanilla Kelso from Snake River Farms. We're going to be talking about the 2019 brisket challenge we're going to be talking about what happened in 2018. Also, for those that stick around, how about a $260 brisket for free, gold rated, 20 pounds, 250 bucks? You have to stick around. You don't know how you can win that. We are locked and loaded, folks. I don't know what to say. All I know is Malcolm Reed is going to be coming up next, and it's very exciting to go from there. Greetings to Phil Luswick doing it live. We'll do it live. Phil, thank you. He's doing it live. As I had mentioned, Malcolm Reed coming up out of the break. Uh, Last week, I introduced some of you to a gentleman by the name of Matt Eads, a.k.a. Grill Seeker on Instagram and across many social media platforms. We talked about his background, his time in the military, proud Marine veteran. And his love of live fire. But we also got into the fact that he was in the process of writing a new cookbook. And that's going to be coming out April 9th. He enjoyed himself so much here on the show. And saw the power that it can bring all who grace the screen into a truly unique target market. said, Greg, i got to have a partnership with you as we lead up to this book being released. Quite honestly, I couldn't be more excited to have him come on here for the next handful of months. It's Matt Eads and Grill Seeker. The book title, if you recall, Grill Seeker, Basic Training for Everyday Grilling. 
Want a little synopsis? How about this? Elevate your grilling game with mouthwatering guide to backyard barbecuing. Though changing careers as a stay-at-home dad, marine, entrepreneur, Matt Eads has journeyed from grill seeker to grill master. But don't be intimidated. This book shows how easy grilling can be so it doesn't have to be reserved just for weekend duty. And no matter what type of grill you have, great results can be achieved. Fire up the grill and get ready to be the star of your neighborhood party. Also, don't forget to hit up grillseeker.com at the very top of the net, like really at the top, kind of small font. There's a little link that says United by Flame. If you want to be United by Flame, if you want to join the cause, hit that link and then send Matt a picture of you through email of you like grilling or barbecuing or something something of you being an active live fire participant. So fun. Be part of the United by Flame army. Because that's what we are. We are United by Flame. Again, the book titled Grill Seeker Basic Training for Everyday Grilling. If you go to my homepage and you click on the Grill Seeker button right there, that will take you right over to the link on Amazon. Or in the show notes after the fact, it will link you right up there. It will say Grill Seeker Book Link or something along those lines. So grab it up. Very excited to be partnering with Matt Eads, Grill Seeker, on this venture for the next couple months. Again, the book coming out April 9th, so look for it. Pre-sale right now on Amazon.com. When we come back, Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right and the pitmaster of Killer Hogs Barbecue Team. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit butcherbbq.com to stock up right now. Always trust your butcher. All right. As I had mentioned in the open, the pitmaster of Killer Hogs Barbecue Team, the creator of How to Barbecue Right. You can find him on a whole bunch of different social media channels. Also on YouTube, we race to the hotline. And welcome, newly minted first Tuesday of the month guest, Malcolm Reed. Malcolm, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Hey, how's it going on your end? Absolutely man? fabulous, Malcolm. Appreciate you coming in tonight and uh, doing this here on the first Tuesday. Uh, can you uh, activate your camera by chance? Uh, sure. Let me... yeah, let's do this. Let's see that handsome devil. Here he comes. How about that? Sexy as ever, (laughs) just like I remember. Uh, Malcolm, again, I appreciate you coming in for the first Tuesday of the month segment here. So, I mean, obviously, uh, and it it is almost beyond approach or reproach as far as an impact that you are having in social media. For instance, 
I put a story on trying to promote the fact that you're going to be on. You share it on Instagram. I think I gained over 100 followers over the last handful of hours. I mean, the way you move the needle is kind of unparalleled in the industry right now, and it's certainly a tribute to your success and kind of the fervent belief that your fans and followers have, which is something that we'll get into here a little bit later. But for the folks that maybe aren't familiar with Malcolm Reed or Hard to Barbecue Right, so forth, uh, just a little quick background on you, where you came from, where you live now, and then we can get into more of the live fire stuff. Well, um, I, I'm from South Haven, Mississippi, which is right outside of Memphis. And currently I live down in Hernando, which is a couple of exits down. So it's still the same area. But I, I got into competition barbecue uh, just growing up. We had a um, lo- our local contest, South Haven Spring Fest, has been around for years. And we grew up, uh, me and my brother grew up going as kids. And we just got into the competition barbecue, had a lot of fun. And uh, we ended up starting to take it serious there. Um, for a while, and it's it's turned into uh, quite quite the career and story for me, I guess. Now, was that mostly Memphis Barbecue Network stuff down there, or was it uh, FBA, or what was the sanctioning body? Uh, well, when we first got started, it was all Memphis and May sanctioned, and then they had a changeover to the Memphis Barbecue Network uh, several years back, and that's primarily what you see in this area now. KCBS is so you know spread all over that we have a a ton of a ton of KCBS competitions and um you know from where we're at we can cook just about every weekend somewhere whether it's KCBS MBN or SCA or even go over to G- the Georgia to the GBA so so we, you know there's no shortage of contests to cook certainly you are a well accomplished pitmaster Malcolm but growing up and being where you're from i mean was live fire and barbecue just a way of life well you know where we are it's it's a lot of our summer holidays or or just get togethers are centered around the grill or you know throwing some meat on and getting a bunch of people together whether it's friends family or or what have you but um yeah i i grew up um you know around barbecue um i don't think anybody in my family took it near near as serious as me but but you know everybody had a good recipe or they thought they could cook ribs better than the next guy so that's that's kind of how it is Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show. Let me give you some contact info for him in case you're interested in hunting him down. HowToBBQRight.com, his website on social media. HowToBBQRight on Instagram and Twitter. YouTube, how to BBQ right, Facebook, how to BBQ right. So we've at least kept everything the same. And I know once you reach like certain levels, you can go ahead and designate your own stuff. So keeping the name tight and similar, key on social media success, right? Yeah, you know, we used to do a lot of it was the killer hog stuff, and I've kind of changed to where that's kind of just the competition side of things. And and I never had an idea. Rochelle or I, my wife, never had the idea that how to barbecue right would would grow into what it is. But um, we 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 just kind of took that philosophy where we started. You know, one day we just said, okay, we're going to call everything how to barbecue right, and that's how people can find us. So. And we came up with that name just for lack of a better name at the time. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the best name, though. So you have somebody that really knows what they're doing. They're an accomplished person in the backyard. But then you've also seen a tremendous amount of success on the competition trail. So you have a bunch of different vantage points to look from. So the name, while it might seem kind of let's use it as a placeholder, I mean, it's pretty apropos. Well, yeah, and that's that's kind of the way I feel about it now. I mean, I've always said that that the only way to not barbecue right is to not barbecue. So there's all kinds of ways to do it, uh, and that's what my, I've always, 
you know, I've been one of these guys that's kind of a student of barbecue. I don't think I know every, I definitely don't know everything there is to know, but I like sharing what I learn as I go. And I think that's what people relate to when they, you know, they follow us on social media or they go to our website or blog or anything. It's just um, a place to where, you know, people can learn as I'm learning. Uh, Malcolm, when we talk about the social media stuff here, and especially, I guess, uh, YouTube is is really where you found quite a niche there. How many subscribers do you have on YouTube right now? Wow, I think I, I did look earlier because I figured you would ask. <laughs> and we're almost to 500,000. It's like 498 and some change. So we're going we're gonna to hit that half million mark pretty soon. So as you're competing and you realize that there is the internet and you have YouTube and a bunch of other different platforms, do you naturally gravitate to YouTube because there's a video aspect of it and it's like a Google-based company and you know the exposure is going to be there? Or how, how do you gravitate to YouTube and then start to build that whole ramp up? Well, we found it really accidentally. Um, we Back when you know we were a young barbecue team, we had a company approach us as a sponsor and they were giving us just some swag and we didn't, you know, we didn't, we weren't anybody at the time, but they sent us these little flip cameras and they wanted us to record some, just some, you know, what it's like at a barbecue contest and send it to them. Well, at the, you know, when we start, we did that, we was like, sure, you know, send us a camera. We'd love to. It was one of these little flip cams, you know, and we recorded some footage, but then we realized you can't email it. It's way too big. And so their, their solution was, well, you can send the camera back to us or, you know, we can try to figure out something because even Dropbox wasn't around then. So my wife, uh, being in the, she was in the internet marketing field, she said, you know, I think there's this platform called YouTube and we could upload these videos and we could share it with them and they could just pull it down from there. And that's how it all started. Um, at first it was just some private stuff that we did for them and we decided, um, I, we had started a newsletter just, you know, about basic uh, competition stuff. And I remember that. I, I did a few videos on, you know, I think some of the first ones was like how to trim chicken, uh, how to how to trim a brisket. I did like eight eight videos. We didn't we were raw, man. We didn't know we didn't know how to edit. We didn't know anything. We were just capturing footage, and we just stayed with it over the years. It wasn't that we had a real big following at first. It was just that we were consistent. When do you realize that you are on to something and? Also, when do you decide to start stepping up the production game? Because I would imagine at some point, you know, people are uh, anonymity in the in, in the Internet is a great thing, right? You can be the toughest guy in the world. So you're watching Malcolm Reed do some stuff. He's giving you great information, but maybe the wind blows. or You can't hear him that well. So in the comments, you, oh, your sound sucks. So you need to buy this. Or you need to step that game up. So when do you decide or at what point do you decide to start adding some production value to the videos? Well, we just learned as we went and we were watching other videos and, and I would go and man, YouTube's one of those things where I go to it to learn stuff just in my everyday life. Right. If I need to, if I need to learn how to change the headlight on my truck, I'm going to go to YouTube and see how to do it. And so that's what we started doing. We realized that we needed to get better. We needed a light set up and then, you know, we, we started with some basic stuff and then we, you know, we needed editing software and we, we just, I mean, it was kind of, I, I guess, trial and error and luck and. And, and determination, all of the above. Are you surprised that almost 500,000 followers later that the building of an audience is still there, the keeping of the audience is still there, and that people are still in tune with, I guess, what is, certainly you do some uh, competition-related videos, but a lot of the stuff is backyard. So you're really kind of capturing, you're really in that wheelhouse of where, and we'll talk about competition here in a second, 
where maybe competition might be trickling down a little bit, but the backyard game is really growing. Well, that was one thing that we kind of noticed early on. It was there's only so many categories in competition I could do a video on. Right. So if I was going to continue doing that, and I was just doing newsletters at the time, just a weekly recipe, and then we decided to start filming them. That's kind of how it went. But it was it was for the lack of there's not enough, you know, there's only so many comp videos I could do, so I had to do something else. And people started liking them. And the, it's always been one of those things where it's positive and and people said really appreciate the videos and and the recipes turn out great for them and and it's just a way for me to you know to kind of to give back to share what I'm doing and and, to, and if it makes somebody else cook good man I'm I'm proud of it. Are you surprised that you're at, that you are? <laughs> this is a weird question. Are you surprised you have as many followers as you have right now? I'm totally shocked because I mean I treat it I treat it as one of these things where in my video style I'm not trained on anything and not even I'm not a chef or or have any video experience. I just treat it like my buddies are sitting there in front of me and I'm, you know, we're just, we're just cooking. And so that's, that's always been kind of how I am. So now, even when I see that 500,000 people um, are on there, it's still just like, it's my buddy. So what was the hardest? It really is crazy. What's the hardest thing that you've had to learn to not do while you do these videos? Oh man. I I don't know about. I mean, you could say not screw up, but every, I always <laughs> screw up. So that's the best I mean, part, right? Now, see, maybe that's why we got better at, with the editing and stuff because it, at least it makes me not look so bad. But I mean, I don't. I don't know. I think it's better. It's better to be yourself and to talk to you know talk to the camera just like I'm talking to you here instead of trying to take on this fake persona or you know be something I'm not. That's that's the main thing that I would say. I've the hardest thing to learn or the most important thing to learn is just be yourself when you do it. You're going to find your voice. Uh, you know, you're going to find what you want to do. Just be yourself. So is How to Barbecue Right a company and is this whole thing sustaining you guys with a full-time income or do you guys have like real jobs outside of this and then this is also a nice secondary? Well, right now it's mine and Rochelle's full-time. Wow. <laughs> I hope it stays that way. You know, we've, we've had pretty good growth over the years and, you know, we, we, uh, We've been fortunate that we're, I mean, I didn't have products to sell, you know, when I first started, but then we kind of transitioned into making some barbecue rubs and sauces and things like that. And it's grown into a pretty good sized business for us. So um, I would love to see it continue to grow. That's our plan. I don't want to go back to work. How many hours in a day are you putting in on everything related to the show and products and all that other stuff? Oh man, 26. <laughs> so is that the blessing and the curse of having, yeah, you know, YouTube job? We when I I mean we we work from home and our you know our offices are home, so we we never leave, you know, we're always together and it's always work no matter what. So we have to I mean that's how I'm just coming off a long break. We take the winter off just to decompress because if we didn't we would go crazy because I mean it's, you know, it's such a hectic schedule, and people think that, oh, yeah, you're just barbecuing and filming in your backyard, but, man, there's so much more to it than that. Do you, Since you are with your wife all the time, as you had said, and I had asked Susie Bullock this question a couple weeks ago from Hey Grill Hey because her and her husband Todd are pretty tight all the time, how do you guys keep it together and, and not – if you have to be together all the time to make this thing work – is there alone time at all, or do you just have some kind of a healthy system worked out to where you guys can just be together all the time and you don't get on each other's nerves? 
Hey, I, I guess uh, I'm lucky that she's fortunate enough to put up with me all the time. <laughs> I'm sure she feels that she needs a lot of time, but I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. I guess stars aligned. I don't know, um, you know what, what, what the the man upstairs was thinking when he put us together, but it worked. <laughs> Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show. How to bbqwrite.com his website, also on YouTube. How to BBQ Right. Okay, let's transition over to a little bit of competition stuff because I know you're into that. Where are you currently? seeing competition right now i've been under the maintenance that it's starting to trend down a little bit obviously and and some of the bigger sanctioning bodies there's a lot more verbal hoopla than i've seen in years past some of the other sanctioning bodies are holding firm maybe some might be dropping off but where do you see the state of competition barbecue in general right now well i I, there's definitely always going to be some some upset people or something but i i think that as a whole it's pretty strong. I mean, people are doing a lot of competitions, but the thing is, we just have, as cooks, we have so many choices now. I mean, it's like I can go cook KCBS, I can cook SCA, or you know, any of these other sanctioned bodies on any given weekend. And so it it probably hurts it as a whole. Um, it definitely hurts the bigger ones that are you know losing some money on it. But the new guys that are coming up and replacing, they're booming. I mean, they're. I know, you know, just take the SDA, for example. They're growing all over the world, not just in the United States. Yep. And they've come on strong. So, um, really, I think, you know, competition barbecue is is in a really good state right now. There's just so many options that it, I guess it makes it hard if you're trying to turn a profit at it. I mean, the, the, the downside to it, I see, is that it got to a point where it's costing so much to do uh, a KCBS contest. Mm. And... And the, the money factor alone, when someone come in and figured out that you can do it um, for less money, l- less cost to the cooks, that's why it's grown so much. So I think there's going to be some retract, you know, some shrinkage on, on their fact, but then it'll, it'll probably balance itself out and it'll just it'll be as popular as ever. Malcolm, we got uh, Valentine's Day coming up next week. Uh, from a how to barbecue right standpoint, do you have any Valentine's Day dinner recipes for the lovers <laughs> out there? Well... One of my one of Shell's favorites that I do for her is a fillet that I top with some crab meat, mm. and then I make like a little Bernay sauce to go over it. Usually do some asparagus to go with it, a little Oscar um, style, yeah, yeah. Got a, like fillet Oscar, and then we then I usually you know open a couple bottles of wine, turn the lights down, maybe light a candle, kind of try to be a little romantic as a barbecue man can be. <laughs> and I mean. You can't go wrong when you're doing steaks. <laughs> That's always my go-to. What's your general rule of thumb on how to cook a steak um man i'm i'm one of these guys that likes a medium rare i like a hot grill to do it um a 16 ounce steak if i'm doing like a ribeye or, or you know 12 ounce if i'm doing a strip if i'm doing a fillet it's usually about 10 ounces all of those cook um about two minutes on each side then turn them get a two minutes on them and then start i usually try to raise them up off the heat or move them to the side and watch that internal temperature just to nail it where I'm going to finish it. And that's the secret to winning these SEA contests too. Get your grill marks on them, move them over to the offside, get them off the heat a little bit and watch them slow. That way you don't overshoot. Um, I do like to finish them with a little bit of a uh, compound butter and that can mm-hmm. be anything you like. I like, you know, a little garlic, a little shallot, maybe a little parsley, a little cracked pepper and some butter. And then just, you know, kind of let that melt over the top. It gives it a nice little richness with some other flavors. You know, it's really hard to, to mess up a steak if you do it that way, Greg. Yeah, it sounds absolutely delicious to me. One last question before I let you go and appreciate the time, Malcolm. I know you were out duck hunting a little while ago, so 
Are we going to be seeing some duck hunting videos? That question coming in from Smoke and Joe's BBQ pit. Most definitely. Hmm. Um, that's what I spent my winter doing was deer hunting and duck hunting. So I have plenty of duck, plenty of geese, and, and, and plenty of deer meat in the freezer. So I'm going to be working on some of those wild game recipes, and and yeah, I'm definitely going to share them. So just just keep a, keep an eye out for those. Have you had farm raised duck before? I've never had duck in my life. And I had these guys on from a company called Duck Char a handful of weeks ago, and they do a moulard duck, which is a cross between a, I don't know what the hell they were, cross between. But they kept telling me how much like beef it was going to be, and I finally pulled one out, did it over the weekend. Man, I, I overshot by five or six degrees, but it still looked you know more medium rare plus than medium-ish. It really did taste kind of beefy, it, not gamey at all, but way more steaky. I've, I've had some of that duck before. Um, I've also done some Peking, like hold roasted duck on the smoker. And you're you're right. You're it. Uh, it's not uh, a fat. It's not like chicken at all. You're not you're not going to get that flavor from it. It's right. more red meat. It's more kin red meat. It's best when you cook it to that uh, medium rare side. Uh, side. If you go over with it, that's where people start. Talking about ducks, t- tastes like organ meat. It tastes, it kind of has a livery flavor to it. Uh, that's for any kind of waterfowl. But um, I did, I did some of the uh, some of the goose I had the other day, and it was just Canada goose. And everybody's told me that you know you're not going to be able to eat this stuff. It's not any good. But I did it simple. I did it with the the high heat beefer that I have. It's like one of these. It's kind of a home based salamander. Yep. And I just hit it with some salt and then cooked it just a few minutes on each side. And it's just like you said, it tasted like steak. And I had a couple of people over that tried it. They couldn't believe it. I mean. Malcolm Reed joining me here. He is the new first Tuesday of the month guest. You can find him at howtobbqright.com. Also on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all the social media haunts at that same handle. Malcolm, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much. Thank you, Greg. And looking forward to next month. We'll see you. All right. There he is. Malcolm Reed. Pitmaster of Killer Hogs, How to BBQ Right, Social Media Maven. Love it. Look for him the first Tuesday of the month. The other first Tuesday of the month guest, or should we say the original first Tuesday of the month guest, Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the number one online shop for all things barbecue. You know they have those great championship rubs and seasonings. 13 of them, specifically Sweet Money, Regular Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Little Louis Season Salt, Gold Desert. Love it. Double Secret Steak Rub. Come on now. These will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Also, if you're looking for a new competition recipe, they have that unique partnership with Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Putting those two together, that's called the West Coast Offense. You know all about it by now. Big Papa's, they also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for a new go-to sauce that everyone will love, you might want to try Granny's. They also have other top-rated barbecue sauces available for sale at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers offers a great variety of pellet charcoal and wood cookers if you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use you want to check out that mac two-star general pellet grill big papa smokers the exclusive mac dealer they even offer special packages nobody's doing that not a fan of pellet smokers fine take a look at the old hickory ace bp 
It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. And if you're a backyard hack like me, looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, literally forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. If you're not sure of what grill you might need, you really can't go wrong with anything listed on the website. They have something for everybody and every kind of budget. They also have layaway available. It's clear that Big Papa is the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on their website, hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Have any questions? Call them. 877-828-0727. 877-828-0727. Or shop the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. All right, Ray Lampy coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. You visit CookinPellets.com for more information. You can purchase there as well. They also have some other really cool ancillary products. If you don't want to buy from CookinPellets.com, you can, of course, buy from Amazon.com if you are so inclined. Download their free app. Alert you to great shipping deals. It's CookinPellets.com. That's CookinPellets.com. Oh, dear. Cripes. I knew that was going to happen. See, that's another one. Well, okay. Well, joining me is the original first Tuesday of the month guest, Ray Lampy. Doctor. Hey, Greg. How are you? You are sounding dynamic tonight, Ray. Well, we had a little test run yesterday, as you right. know, and we fixed everything. We sound really good right now, both you and I. Uh, I was just telling everybody at the top of the show how I was doing a whole bunch of uh, file moveovers from one drive to the next, and my Dr. Barbecue uh, thing didn't make it for some reason. So next month we'll have that lined up and we'll be back to normal with your nurse, Greg Rempe. But uh, many different things to talk about. Missed you uh, in January. So here we are in February. Man, I can't believe we're already in February now, right? So, man, oh, man, where do we start? How about the restaurant? I mean, are we uh, we're a good three plus months in now, right? Yep. Three, right. three and a half-ish, I don't know, sometime in the middle of October. And, yeah, three and a half months, and things are still going strong. Um, you know, we you, you anticipate a really good start with all the publicity we had, and then you worry about a little dip in there. Mm-hmm. And so far, knock on wood, no dip. And then we just got a Friday, we just were named, like, one of the top ten restaurants in Tampa Bay, which was unheard of for a new restaurant and a barbecue restaurant. So hopefully that's going to help us continue the spike. And so far, so good, man. We're having a blast. What's the publication or the outlet that named you into the top 10? Tampa Bay Times, which is oh, wow. the big paper for the area. So will you, you know, A lot of people don't realize that Tampa, the Tampa Bay market's the 11th biggest market in the country. I mean, it's it's it sort of gets un, not recognized because there's a couple cities here and it's you know you don't think about it, but it's a big market. How close is uh, St. Pete 
to Tampa? Because I think uh, maybe unfairly they get lumped right together. Yeah, we do for sure. We get lumped with Clearwater as yeah, well. Yeah, right. Um, but it we're kind of out. We're the guys out on the peninsula. You know, if you know how Tampa Bay looks, there's a bay there, and it's Tampa Bay, and Tampa is on the inland. Uh, Clearwater's up at the top, and we are the peninsula, which is really the nice. You know, we got all the nice weather down here. We got the beaches. There's no beaches in Tampa. The beaches are all in Clearwater and St. Pete. And uh, so we kind of, you know, it's one of them places where there's always a constant little bitch fight between <laughs> our side is better than yours, you know. But I think St. Pete's the winner. Well, yeah, it's like here in Cleveland, east side is the best side. Or if you're on the west side, the west side is the best side. And uh, we, the west side never crosses over 77 and the east side never crosses over 77. It's like the line of demarcation. So I understand exactly what you're talking about. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Uh, right. So does the restaurant do a lot of marketing, like going out and trying to get on TV stations and social media and all this stuff to keep the name out there? Or is it just organically out there now and after three and a half months, it's just growing on its own. Uh, no, it, well, both, uh, you know, but no, we're not afraid to do that. Frankly, that's why I was a viable partner for them because that's what I do. You know, I, I can get some attention for stuff and they're really good at it as well. But we also have on staff marketing people. We have, uh, we have a big PR company out of actually out of Miami. Now we just switched, but, uh, we, yeah, we're not, we're not trying to do it all organically. We, we, spend money and we do it very professionally i mean it, you know it's a different way to do it to some people it's it's i'm not against trying to do it organically but boy you get a big bang when you start spending some money last time you were on ray we had talked about and the, the restaurant had really just been open for a handful of weeks at that point and we talked about were there items on the menu that you thought were really going to be bang up hits that might have ended up being misses and, and there had been some menu revision. So let me ask you now, almost four months into it, have there been further revisions or adjustments to the menu now? The only thing we've changed since this first wave was uh, is the potato salad. We just couldn't. We, we tried to make this sort of oil and vinegar potato salad with purple and white little fingerling potatoes. And, and it was pretty cool, but it wasn't – people didn't want that. Um, for one, we screwed it up a bunch of times early on. But even so, that wasn't what people wanted. They wanted a uh, – so we, we started thinking about, okay, we got to do something with this. So we asked Lee, our pit master, and, and he said, well, my aunt uh, – what the heck was her name? Aunt – Aunt Tilly or something has a potato salad recipe. I'll get that for us. So he gets it. And he said, well, I got my mom's version and my aunt's version, and they're very similar. He said, but it's country as hell. And we were like, yes, that's perfect. That's exactly what we want. Uh, he once described it as a sort of a deviled egg in a potato salad. So now we're very mainstream with that, and people like it again. But that's the only thing, though. Everything else we've sort of left alone. Um, and, you know, we're, we're seeing a few things that aren't doing as well as others, but uh, it's really so far so good. I mean, I we look like geniuses at the moment. You know, ask me again next month, but at the moment we look real smart. Lee Jasper is uh, still invigorated and and ready for the task of pitmaster. Yeah, man, you got to have him on one of these days because he is the yeah. I would uh, love to. He's an obsessed young man with cooking barbecue. He just loves it. There's nothing makes Lee happier than loading the smoker, and and he's obsessed with it. And he's really he'd be, and he's getting to be pretty good at talking to folks about it too. So I'll line you up with him. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show for the monthly Ask Doctor Barbecue segment. 
Ray, what's the best comment you've gotten on the restaurant so far? And then conversely, what's the most bizarre comment you've gotten so far? <laughs> well, one of the things that really has struck me as as that I didn't think was going to be so cool was when I spent a lot of time touching tables, you know, walking up and asking folks how it's going. And, and uh, often it'll be like, well, it's my birthday. And I told all my family this is where I wanted to come for my birthday. And I never thought about how cool that would be. Because, you know, it's your birthday, man. You 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 get to pick where you're going. Right. And you've chose our restaurant. That really has been uh, – that, that, that probably touches me more than anything else. And, of course, uh, you know, being named that restaurant, top 10 restaurant, was like something we didn't see coming. It's very humbling because we put a lot of work into it, and we really thought we did something special, and it's fun to get rewarded. And it was the big paper in the neighborhood, you know. So so that stuff's cool. Um, how – Everybody wants to help you. That drives you crazy. I, I told the servers when we first were getting ready to open, I said, now, every day you're going to walk up to a table and the person's going to say, I'm from Texas. I know barbecue. And and they they didn't really understand what I was saying. Oh, I was far short of once a day. It basically every table. Wow. Um, Everybody has a story. Well, you know, I'm from Virginia. I know barbecue or I have a smoker. I cook barbecue too. I mean, on and on and on every table. Uh, and, but it's cool because most of them like us by the time they get done. And and I always think that we are really lucky to be serving something people are so passionate about. Um, I, I can't imagine if you open a burger joint, everybody walks in with a story about where they ate their best burger and their grandpa cooking burgers and on and on and on. And it's a little town in Texas and this place in New Mexico. And it just never ends. It's really cool. Uh, Ray, from a time spent perspective, I'm sure there was an expectation of how much time you were going to be in the restaurant. Are you in there more than you expected or not as much? Uh, not saying that you're, you have a preference one way or the other, but how are you finding it? Well, there was a contractual number, and I expected I would probably do double that, mm -hmm. and I'm probably doing four times that. Really? Uh, yeah, I, it's right by my house. I enjoy being in there. I really care about it. Um, I feel like I add some value. I don't do a lot of actual work around there. I, Frankly, Lee has taken a lot of problems off my plate. You know, The idea was that I would be working with Lee to get things to happen the way I like them to happen, and Frankly, he's doing such a good job. Every day I look at what he's doing and I just say, you're good. I'll, I'll walk away. Um, so that's been pretty easy. But I find that I can really have a nice impact by uh, just talking to the guests. The guests really think it's cool that I'm there. They, a lot of them don't know that I've been living in St. Petersburg for years. And mm -hmm. And they think it's pretty cool. Um, even if they didn't know me before, they they see this face on the restaurant and, you know, it's kind of cool, but they don't expect that I would actually be there. So so I really feel like I can help by doing that. So it's kind of fun. And I do. I bust tables a lot um, when they get busy. I don't mind carrying a bunch of dirty dishes into the kitchen. It's an easy way for me to help out. Mm -hmm. And I think it helps morale, too. I think everybody thinks it's cool. So and it's a nice place. I really don't mind hanging out there. The, the only problem is when I'm there, I'm working. Um, it's really hard to go sit down for dinner. I had, uh, uh, Dr. Evil, uh, Gary yeah. Craig from England was in the other day with, yeah. with Griff who works for whiskey Benton and those guys were in the other day and I would have liked to sit down and just have lunch with them, but I just can't, I get pulled here, I get pulled there. So I'm kind of bouncing around. So when I'm there, I'm working, but, uh, I really enjoy it. So it's been a lot more than I w expected. Would you write a book about opening a restaurant? Um, you know, at some point I would imagine we will, 
uh, just to have swag to sell at the restaurant. We don't have a lot right now. We will. Um, so I would imagine a book will happen down the road. I mean, the opening the restaurant, the, 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 it was really a team effort. I mean, yeah. I couldn't have done it. There's no way even close that I could have done open a restaurant like we have. So um, it'd be hard to write about all that opening because it was a lot of it I did, wasn't even involved in because I travel and I come back and sandwich day was happened when I wasn't there. It's fine. The sandwiches we have are great. I'm happy with it. I mean, it's a great team. So it'd be hard to, to really write about the opening unless we all did it together. Um, it'll probably be more about the, uh, the, the menu and, and the the, re, the road trips we did ahead of time and what our thinking was, you know, to create the, the it's it's a different kind of barbecue restaurant. I don't know if you've looked at the menu. It's not typical. Do you have fried um, chicken, so, Ray? Do we have what? Do you have fried chicken? No, we were going to. Uh, we, we had it on the menu, you know, for a long time. When it started getting close, we realized we were probably short on fryer space hmm. because we're making uh, house-made hand cut french fries and that takes a lot of time and we're frying nachos our, our pork rind nachos and we realized we weren't gonna have enough fryer space without doing something drastic so we pulled it but my guess is at some point we will we, we would like to um it's just a matter of you know we've got to we needed to get our feet under us and we're doing pretty good now i suspect when you know a year or two down the road we get bored with everything you'll see some fried chicken ray lampy joining me here on the show for the ask dr barbecue segment Ray, switch it up a little bit here. We'll talk a little competition this coming weekend. KCBS is having their highly touted World Invitational Barbecue Championship in tropical Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> Weather looks to be a balmy 43 degrees there this coming weekend at the moment. So not the worst temperature I've ever seen, but not 65 or better either. And I seem to recall that you mentioned that you were either sign up to cook or, or sign up to judge or do something along the lines there. So what's on the agenda for this weekend? Yeah, I haven't cooked one in a long time. I I, I haven't retired. I'll certainly cook again one of these days, but judging's kind of more what I'm doing these days. So I did sign up to judge because I, I've been a KCBS member since 1991. I'm member number 938 or something like that. <laughs> uh, you know, this has been a big part of my life. Gary Wells was a friend of mine. I mean, I, you know, I just been around it forever. So the fact that KCBS is finally going to do their own thing, I thought that was really cool. So I, I, I signed up to judge right away and plan to go. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to it. I am going. Um, I, I sort of forgot, though. It's like 80 here, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> Every day. <laughs> it, yeah, I live in Florida, and it's right. 80. And I'm thinking, what am I doing going to Little Rock? I've got to I've got to find my long pants and get them out and, and wear them. And, I, you know, I kind of wish – I don't know. I, I, I don't want to beat up on them. But, man, who was thinking that February in Little Rock was a good idea? Now, I just learned today that the judging will be indoors, so that's nice. But – Gosh, wouldn't it be nicer if it was we were somewhere warm? <laughs> Maybe they should have came down here and done it where it's eighty. Um, but I'm going, and we'll have a good time. Looking I, forward to it. I think the idea was to have it like centrally located, but I think some of those places at this time of the year, centrally located, can be also centrally freezing your ass off. Yeah. Well, last time I looked, it was going to be 45 for a high on Saturday mm -hmm. and 29 overnight the night before. <laughs> you know, I mean it's. <laughs> It's not going to make for a very good Friday night party. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Uh, do you want to run through a couple Facebook questions here, Ray? Yeah, sure. I, I didn't see them, so this is a surprise to me. All right, this one is from Jason Baumgartner. What happens if you completely remove all surface fat from a brisket before cooking? Uh, it'll be dry. 
Real parky, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't do that. At all? No, remove all the fat? Why would you do that? That's It's a brisket. It need, there isn't a whole lot of internal fat. I don't care what you buy. So you need that outside fat, and plus it tastes good. It, it's funny. One, it's one of the things that we battle with at the restaurant uh, all the time. We try to leave a nice little layer of fat on the brisket and the pastrami, and then sometimes we slice both muscles. Sometimes you get a little fat in between. And some people love us for that, and others freak out about it and think that there shouldn't be any fat at all. So it's a constant battle in my life. Um, but no, man, you got to have some fat on a brisket. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why you would do that. It makes no sense to me. All right, next question from Brian Oliver of any, and this might kind of uh, parlay into this coming weekend as you're judging. Which team competing currently would you most like to judge or sample, and why? Oh, man, I'm so out of touch of it. I, you know, I, I just don't know some of the top teams anymore. I just am I'm not that into it. Um, Darren, how about Darren and Sherry? Uh, those guys are old friends of mine. I'd sure like to see what he's doing and, and eat some of it on the, in the inside. Uh, Joel Engelbert wants to know what your most epic fail was. I once tried to make some pineapple horseradish chicken. Um, for a cookbook recipe, I thought it sounded like a pretty that good sounds idea. Sounds okay. It was, it was horrible, man. It was bad. Um, <laughs> I, I once I once soaked my ribs in Mountain Dew at a barbecue cook-off the night before, and actually won. So that really, would, I would have thought that was going to be an epic fail. It's a different world now, though. That wouldn't win these days. Mike Schilling wants to know, how about them bears? Not yeah, bad, right? Not bad. Fun. Not bad. Uh, no, it was a great year. Um, you know, it was a drag to lose like that at the end, but it was a great year, and they'll be back next year. Was they it got a, a bunch. Of, all their players are all signed for another couple of years, and they're in a good place. Was it a drag of a Super Bowl in your estimation? I thought it was kind of boring. No, I liked it. I didn't hate it. I mean, I'm a Bears fan. I like defense. You know, I I think uh, it wasn't a. It wasn't like these guys were sucking. They were just playing good defense. I, I no, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I mean, it's not like you know. 35-35, one of them kind of games. Yeah. But no, I, I didn't think it was a bad game at all, frankly. I think nobody expected that they were both going to play such good defense. But don't ever count Belichick out. You never, you know, everybody's waiting to see what he's going to do on offense. They forgot he also plays defense pretty well. And uh, they, they really snuffed the Rams. This coming weekend, you can find Ray Lampy judging at the World Invitational Barbecue Championship. So if you're around town and you're going to be stopping in there, you might see... Ray there, catch a glimpse, say hi, sign an autograph, take a picture, all that good stuff. You know he's happy to do it. Otherwise, find him at drbbq.com and find him here on the first Tuesday of the month. Ray, always appreciate the time. Appreciate you, Greg. See you later. You got it. There he is, Ray Lampy, on his way to Little Rock, Arkansas for the World Invitational Barbecue Championship. I'm going off of memory here, but I think if you won a grand championship, or a reserve grand championship in either the competitor series or a normal KCBS sanctioned event. Again, don't quote me on that, but I believe that was right. Uh, last year, then you qualified to show up this coming weekend and take part in the World Invitational Barbecue Championship. Again, in Little Rock, Arkansas. That's Ray Lampy, drbbq.com. Let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. You know, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today, pound for pound, the existing ones that are out there, the Jim Bowie, the Daniel Boone, the Davy Crockett, 
There is a prime line that's going to be coming out here very shortly, end of the month. Owner Jason Baker will be coming on. We'll be talking extensively about the prime, the upgrades, what you can expect, the cost, price points, the technology, all that stuff. Green Mountain Grills, the first company to put Wi-Fi on a cooker. Don't let anybody else tell you different. They were the first ones to do it all the way back in the day. They are continuing to bring you that technology right today. Now, if you want something that's big, you want something that's going to cook a lot of food, the Jim Bowie is the one you want to go. I got one. Now, if you want something medium-sized, maybe you're a family of two, three, four, or you just don't cook a lot of barbecue food, but you like it when you cook it, Daniel Boone's probably going to be a little bit more up your alley. If you want something portable to either because you're like living in a apartment or townhouse or a row house, you just don't have the space to put a Daniel Boone or a Jim Bowie in. I get that. Davy Crockett is a great solution. It's a very small footprint. You get the wood pellet fire taste, but it can be moved in and out pretty easily, stored very easily. If you don't have access to a normal traditional outlet, it's all 12 volt powered, so you can plug it into a car adapter. Maybe you can go into your parking lot if you live in an apartment, power it right from your car, jam out the tunes. It's great. You go to greenmountaingrills.com. That's greenmountaingrills.com. And check them all out. Remember the Daniel Boone and the Jim Bowie. If you rip the guts out, you can get the pizza oven insert. Now you have a pizza party every day of the week if you want to use it. Real easy to change out. This past weekend, I tore the pizza oven out of the Daniel Boone, dropped it in as regular cooker, and made a whole bunch of smoke-roasted wings, along with duck, along with two racks of spare ribs, along with shrimp. A feast on Super Bowl Sunday. All courtesy of the Daniel Boone, for sure. Green Mountain Grills, check them out. They got pellets to fire those cookers. They got rubs, sauces, covers, all different kinds of accessories. One-stop shopping it. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, for joining me last segment. Big second hour coming up. If you want to jump in, 216-220-0966. Your best shot at that. Coming up next segment, top of the hour. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Otherwise, on the email. You can also hit me up on Instagram at BBQ Central Show. You can also do that on Twitter at BBQ Central Show. I'm trying to stream out to, uh, oh, 
uh, Periscope, which is Twitter. But XSplit and Periscope are not playing correctly right now. Try and get that figured out here before next show. Anyway, uh, refresh your libations. Come back for the second hour of the show. It is the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back. We'll be right back. 